Today's episode of Freeman's Playlist is sponsored by Anchor. Stay tuned to find out more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of Primem's Playlist Season 2. My name is Prim, and just like last week, I'll be analyzing five underrated K-pop tunes and recommending them based on your music taste. But before we begin, I have some sad news. Due to scheduling issues behind the scenes, this podcast is no longer a proud member of Studio 16. Ever since this semester at college started, I haven't had much time to juggle both editing K-Lounge with DJ Feltron and Primem's Playlist. So I've decided to break away to save time and energy, plus give myself a little more freedom to mess around with my episode formula in the future. I would also like to apologize for some sourcing issues in past episodes, particularly last episode. It turns out that Ogam Entertainment does not just post newly released songs, but also re-releases much older songs. I didn't realize that this was the case, and I apologize for misrepresenting that. From now on, I'm going to double check the release dates of songs I cover to make sure that they're actually recent. With that out of the way, let's talk about today's theme. I know I'm not the only one catching herself doom-scrolling through Twitter at 3 in the morning deciding what to be mad about the next day. Of course, we've had a few wins, or at least avoided the worst possible losses. I'm recording this after the US presidential election. But this year has just been overwhelmingly bad. It's important to keep fighting to make the world a better place, but humans aren't designed to handle this much sucky information at once. So today's playlist is going to be something for you to put on when you need a break. It's a lot of upbeat, soothing, and just generally happy-sounding songs to help you get your mojo back. Let's pull up the playlist! Our first song today is Two by female duet One Set, which has garnered a little under 3.5k views on Genie Music. This is a very relaxing song, but it's still upbeat. The acoustic guitar, electric piano, and minimal drums combine into a very soothing mix, and this is certainly aided by Yejin and Waru's soft vocal style. In fact, according to kprofiles.com, Yejin and Waru actually thought that their voices combined well even before they became a duo. Combine all this with the, say it with me now, slightly swung rhythm, and you end up with an almost soft jazzy vibe. All in all, this is a very primems playlist kind of song. It's very much the kind of relaxing, semi-acoustic track that tends to get overlooked in the K-pop sphere at large, and the type that I tend to gravitate towards on this podcast. So I realized in the past I've been not that great about what popular songs I choose for these little comparison segments. Partially it's due to my unfamiliarity with a lot of popular acts, which leads me to miss some obvious connections. But it's also because I kind of get nitpicky when it comes to instrumentals. While this synth is just slightly different than the one in the song I'm covering, so I can't use it for comparison. So I'm just going to try to challenge myself to go more off of vibes this episode. 2 kind of reminds me, vibes-wise, of Selfish by Moonbyul from Mamamoo featuring Solgi from Red Velvet, and the jazzy elements almost remind me of Mamamoo's happier side. I could also see this being a twice B-side along the lines of Turtle. It would fit right in on their twice to gram album. So if you're looking for something upbeat but not too energetic, I think you'll really like 2. How about song number 2? Coming in at around 16k views on Highlight Records, song number two is Energy by Palo Alto, rapper, singer, and founder of Highlight Records itself. Honestly, considering his position in this company, it's kind of unbelievable that he's gotten so few views on this song. It's got this really interesting warped, detuned aspect to the instrumental. It's not just in the loop during the verses, it's also in the synths during the chorus. 
Combine that with Palo Alto's deeper voice and some of the more crunchy choices of notes, especially in the chorus, you'd expect this song to fit in with the darker songs that we heard back in Season 2, Episode 1. But the fast-paced syncopation and interesting rhythm in the bass give it a certain feeling of joy that gives it its place in today's playlist. Again, we're going off of vibes this episode, and this song seriously gives me some J-Hope solo song vibes. I think it's a combination of warped, funky elements with the joyful tone and interesting rhythms. It really seems like something that would fit right in on J-Hope's Hope World album. So if you're a fan of J-Hope, you'll probably be interested in energy. Song three, please. Song number three is Happy Birthday by Dopamine, garnering 27k views on 1 the K. I really couldn't find much information on dopamine as an artist. Googling who is dopamine K-pop brings up scientific papers on Korean red ginseng and dopaminergic neurons. From the about page on his YouTube channel, though, he's apparently an artist specializing in R&B, lo-fi, indie, and pop. Out of those four, I think lo-fi and indie fit the song best. It's an incredibly minimalist track, though not in a bad way. We start off with a single chiptune bloopy synth beep-boop music, as Neil Cesarigo would call it, before adding very sparse voice-like synths, a fairly quiet bass, and a trap beat. The pre-chorus adds a fast clapping percussion and ditches the halftime tempo, quickening the song's pace, before descending into a much more minimalist chorus. Think Whistle by Blackpink, but with a happier tone and a lot less whistling. This is the case at least until the second half of the chorus, which fills out the instrumental quite a lot more. This song really keeps you engaged with its instrumental changes. The song kind of reminds me of a more minimalist Zico, like if you replace the piano samples in any song with chiptune elements. Same observation goes by Live by Robbie and Chungha, though the lyrics of the song are certainly a lot more happy-go-lucky. It also reminds me of BB by IU, especially in its percussion style. So if you're a fan of any of these songs, give Happy Birthday a listen. Also, like, sub to Dopamine on YouTube and follow him on SoundCloud. Too much Dopamine, too as in the number of an all letters lowercase. His social media presence is pretty tiny right now, and I think he deserves a lot more attention. Before we continue, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Today we're sponsored by Anchor, the very same service we use to make this podcast. Let me tell you, Anchor is unrivaled in its accessibility. Anchor lets you make your own podcast from scratch, right from your computer or even your phone. You can record yourself in browser, add stock music from Anchor's own library, and even make simple edits. Or, if you prefer to record and edit in a more familiar application, Anchor also allows you to upload audio straight from your computer. Anchor can also handle some of the more intimidating aspects of podcasting for you. For example, it can automatically distribute your podcast to platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and it can even link you up with sponsors. What's craziest about Anchor to me, though, is that it's absolutely free. All these tools, all these functions, and they don't even cost a penny. So, if you have a great idea for a podcast but don't know where to start, I'd highly recommend using Anchor. It's easy, versatile, and free. Let's get back to the playlist! Our fourth song today is Akio by girl group Very Good, with 67k views on Very Good Official and about 22k views on Ogam Entertainment. Don't worry, I checked to make sure it was actually released recently. Fun fact, the word Akio is a Latin word meaning I summon. Looking at the spellcasting symbolism in the lyrics though, courtesy of Wozumo on color-coded lyrics, it's probably meant to be a reference to the spell from Harry Potter. 
I have to say, I really love this song's instrumental. I know, I know, Prim M talking about an instrumental? Unthinkable. But I have to say, the lead synth during the instrumental breaks is going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day, and the way the chords are struck on each beat during the verse almost gives off orchestral vibes, even though the instrument being used is nowhere near orchestral. And though you might initially feel underwhelmed by the cute vocal style, especially if you're not a fan of cute concepts, the high notes and group harmonization during the chorus will hit you out of nowhere. And honestly, hot take? The last line of the bridge, the members swapping, singing Akio, rising in tone, ending at Golu's high note, is the definition of a killing moment. This song isn't quite the super energetic cuteness you get from G-Era SNSD or Chirabera twice. It's more of a mid-high tempo love song like early songs from Oh My Girl and A-Pink. Actually, what it reminds me the most of is G-Friend's Schoolgirl trilogy, those being Rough, Glassbead, and Megustas 2 especially with that almost orchestral composition of the synth and the verses, as the use of orchestral elements and cute concepts was very much a hallmark of G-Friend's earlier style. Plus, those high notes towards the end of the bridge and in the final chorus remind me of Yuzhu's ad-libs in G-Friend's earlier songs. Of course, I personally love the more mature direction all of these groups have been taking recently, but sometimes you start to miss the cute concepts. If you're in that boat, Akio is perfect for you. Song 5, please? Coming in at a little over 3k views on Genie Music, our fifth song today is Love Song by singer-songwriter Your Beagle featuring rapper Lee Bars. This song has kind of a fast-paced lo-fi feeling to it. The chords of the instrumental are performed by a slightly muted acoustic guitar, and the bass pretty much always plays the same notes and same rhythm as that guitar, so they kind of blend together into the same burst of notes. The percussion, however, is very filled out. The bass kicks, dampened snare, frequently used hi-hat, and the little mid-toned percussive rolls really give this song the rhythm it needs to stand out. I will note this is a song that uses heavy autotune, which not everyone is a fan of. I've stated my opinion on autotune before, but to summarize, I don't think autotune necessarily implies a bad singer, as it can be used intentionally as a stylistic choice. Here, it definitely works as a stylistic choice, used by both Your Beagle and Leela Mars to add a bit more polish and digitalness, I guess, to this lo-fi inspired tune. Do you remember that Omaiwa Moshi Deiru song that was a meme for a while? The one that people would make a wholesome Minecraft parrot dancing memes to? Yeah, the song really reminds me of that. The combination of muted guitar, lo-fi elements, and fast tempo are strikingly similar across both songs. Though, of course, your beagle's voice is a lot less high-pitched than the one used in Omaiwa Moshi Deiru. Actually, between her vocal pitch, vocal strength, and autotune usage, her voice almost reminds me of the cover artist Jubiphonic. I used to watch her all the time as a kid, so finding this similarity was a blast in the past for me. If you're a fan of Jubiphonic or wholesome Minecraft memes, you'll probably enjoy Love Song. Last but not least, let's hear our sore thumb song. Our sore thumb song today is Bad Blood by Dahi, with 82k views on Stone Music Entertainment. I think having a more highly viewed sore thumb song is just going to be a tradition on this podcast. What makes this song a sore thumb song today is its dark vibe. We start out with chopped up orchestral synths outlining the chord progression will be following, before adding in almost symphonic rock-like elements. As the song approaches the chorus though, the song almost becomes a remix of itself, adding electronic drum samples to the existing orchestral, piano, and symphonic rock-inspired aspects as well as further chopping them up. 
And that's not to mention the almost screaming voice samples in the outro. Of course, on top of all this is Dahi's incredibly strong voice, adding extra impact to the already dark and unique song. My only complaint is the song structure. I really thought that the outro was a bridge about to lead into a final chorus, so the ending was a bit abrupt at first. If you know that going in though, that really ceases to be a problem. Listening to this song really gave me flashbacks to Paradise Lost by Gain and Echo by Katie. The halftime tempo, powerful voices, and blend of electronic and orchestral samples really link Paradise Lost and Bad Blood in a similar vein of dark, almost desperate sounding songs. And the rhythm of the choppy violins in Bad Blood reminds me a lot of the synths throughout Echo. So if you're into dark concepts and interesting rhythms, go listen to Bad Blood. And just like that, we've got our 5 song playlist plus our sore thumb song. I hope this playlist will help you get through all the tough times we've been having. I know I've personally been having some major creative burnout recently, which isn't great considering I have a presentation and an essay both due tomorrow. Honestly, working on this podcast really helps me get my butt back into gear, probably because analyzing these songs and writing these scripts just put my brain back into research mode. So I'd like to thank you all for bearing with me as I slowly figure out what I want to do with this podcast, even while my audio quality goes a bit down and I go a bit off schedule with my uploads. That being said, we aren't done with this episode yet. It's time to spin the Wheel of Segments. And this week's segment is... Melting Down Gold. Melting Down Gold, for those who don't remember Season 1, Episode 6, is a segment in which I look at the most popular song by a super popular group, and I try to discover what made it so popular. Today we'll be looking at TT by Twice, currently at a staggering 553 million views on JYP Entertainment's official YouTube channel. According to Soompi, this song was the first K-pop music video ever to reach 200 million views, the first K-pop girl group MV to reach 400 million views later on, and the first TWICE MV to reach 550 million views. And there were several smaller milestones along the way. Some other notable achievements were the song nabbing TWICE a win on Ikigayo, achieving an all-kill for two days straight, and, according to Pop Crush, dethroning SNSD's I've Got a Boy as the most viewed K-pop MV of all time at one point. So what makes this song so popular? Let's start by looking at the music itself. According to Wikipedia, TT has elements of electropop, dance pop, and deep house. The song has been praised since day one for its unique instrumental, making use of staticky, almost buzzing synths and samples with plenty of reverb. It's certainly a more mature tone than their previous songs like Uwa and Cheer Up, though the cuteness is still there. I would argue that some of the song's popularity stems from its ability to experiment with its concept without losing sight of the cuteness Twice had become known for. It's a common observation among K-pop fans that cuter concepts, at least at the time TT was released, tend to do better in Korea, while more mature concepts are more well-received overseas. So blending the two gets you the best of both worlds from a marketing standpoint, as well as appealing to those who are tired of generic or cookie-cutter concepts. What may be more important to its popularity, though, is the music video. Of course, we can't ignore the novelty of releasing a Halloween-themed music video during late October, Heck, the music video starts off with two kids trick-or-treating for crying out loud. However, pure novelty, especially release time-related novelty, doesn't get you breaking view count records left and right years after release. TT has another trick up its sleeve. Implied lore. After all, if there's one thing the K-pop community loves, it's MV theories. 
When you tease your audience with a cliffhanger ending, ominous knocking of doors, and the shocked face of trick-or-treaters, they're going to watch your video over and over again to hunt for clues. Even more so than the concept change, I think this is what made TT so popular. I can actually back both of these points up by comparing TT's popularity to the unpopularity of its successor, Knock Knock. Knock Knock was meant to be the finale to TT, wrapping up all the loose ends, but its connections to TT didn't even start until halfway through the video, and when they did explain things, it was kind of a hand wave. Plus, the rest of the MV being a winter theme, though understandable given the release date, actually confuses the timeline for the song's lore. Winter generally comes after Halloween. Plus, as a song, Knock Knock goes back to a full cute concept, abandoning the more mature elements that TT experimented with. I don't mean to roast Knock Knock too hard, it's honestly one of my favorite Twice songs, I just personally love cute concepts, but it's easy to see why TT is more popular. And from the retroactive lore building between Signal and Cheer Up, to the concept shift from Fancy onwards, it looks like JYP has learned from their mistakes with Knock Knock, and really taken to heart what made TT Twice's most popular song. And with that, we end episode 5 of Primam's Playlist Season 2. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the original songs at bit.ly slash pmp underscore s2e5, all letters capital, all numbers numerals. And if you'd like to support this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and if you really want to go above and beyond, donate to our Patreon page. $3 a month for shoutouts and early playlist access, $5 to request a song for me to review. Links to those can be found at linktree slash prims playlist. That's linktr.ee slash p-r-i-m-m-s-p-l-a-y-l-i-s-t. Thanks for jamming with me today.